Hi, uh, welcome to the New Voting Project. My name is Kanal, your host, um, and today we're here with Yusuf Andre Wiley, um, a formerly incarcerated individual, now founder of the Timeless Group, which is a re-entry program in California. Um, you are a former commissioner on the Human, Human Relations Commission um, in Union City, and you sat on Alameda County's re-entry panels and advisory boards. Um, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I understand everybody's really busy during COVID, um, so thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I wouldn't have passed this opportunity up at all. So. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's dive into these questions. Um, yeah. Just for the first one, pretty basic. Um, tell the viewers a little bit about yourself, um, and in essence, you know, what's your story? Right. Well, it's a pretty long story, but I, in a nutshell, <laughs> I guess I would say, <laughs> um, you know, formerly incarcerated individual, as you stated, um, you know, I grew up in South Central Los Angeles in the 80s, 70s and the 80s. And in the 80s, I got involved in gang activity, which was prevalent, especially during those times coming up in the 80s. Um, and that eventually allowed me to fall into the wrong crowds. And I eventually started serving time as a juvenile, actually. And from a juvenile, I, uh, in my adulthood, I began continuing my criminality thinking and behavior, and which led me in the prison system. And I stayed in there uh, 22 years uh, of my life and was released in May of 2012 at the age of 42 years old. So I was very young when I went to prison, uh, around nine, well, 20, 20, 21 years old when I went to prison and was released when I was 42 into the Bay Area, moved to the Bay Area and hit the ground running essentially. You know, I re-educated myself during my incarceration. I allowed the institution, the prison, um, to become my hub for education, if you would. You know, everyone don't go to prison planning to seek a higher learning or education, but that was my choice. I decided to re-educate myself during my incarceration so that I'd be more prepared when I was released. Now, that's not something that's normal inside the prison system. It's not like they're just um, running over, you know, to get you in, grab you up and say, here, here goes some education. It's, you have to seek it, you have to go after it. And, and I went after it and it, it put me in a good place uh, educationally. So when I was released, I was prepared to dive into my nonprofit work, which is Timeless Group, um, nonprofit 501c3 organization that I established um, and is still running to this day. And we started I would say about three or four employees when we were in Union City in 2013, 14. Now we're at about 82 employees. Wow. So we've grown uh, quite a bit over the last few years and we are a successful um, organization. And I totally retransforming my life. I became a Muslim as well during the time I was incarcerated and, and adopted the traditional Islamic faith and that's, that's my foundation faith-wise, but my goal and my, my objectives are to service the entire community, not specifically the Muslim community or any faith community, but specifically the entire community that's, that's struggling to get out of this thinking 
of, of, of criminality and so forth and so on. So that's my story, <laughs> the short version. That's, that's a pretty amazing story. I wonder what the long version is. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's incredible. You've obviously grown tremendously and you're an inspiration. Um, and Thank I guess you. that's why we're having this conversation, right? Um, right. But yeah, no, you, you had touched on the Timeless Group, which is your nonprofit. Yes. Um, kind of explain what your organization does and why mm -hmm. you chose to start it after your um, incarcerated life. Well, actually, it started inside the prison system. Um, I would say around 2005, when I was still inside, um, I began doing workshops. Uh, individuals would approach me on the prison facility uh, inmates and would be like, man, you know, you do a really good job speaking and, and doing classes. You need to make that a regular thing, right? So I decided to take it to that next level and began to teach it on the yard, inside the chapel area, the gymnasiums. Everywhere I would gather a group of folks inside the prison, um, I would do these workshops and it just became timeless because uh, I began to create multiple workshops. So I figured I need to put it under some umbrella. So that's how the timeless umbrella was created for these workshops. Once I got out of prison and became a 501c3, um, I knew that the need for reentry services would become important. Um, so I decided to go with the, um, um, you know, the reentry uh, component, which include workforce, it includes housing, et cetera. So now we're housing individuals that are formerly incarcerated, whether they're coming from the jails or formerly homeless or coming from the prison system. So we have about close to about 115 beds currently uh, in Los Angeles. And we also have a, a social enterprise, which is our trauma-informed security uh, program, where we teach people how to interface with the homeless population, to talk to them, to help them, to guide them into resources so that they can find uh, uh, mental health treatment, substance use, as well as a bed. So these are the things that I'm doing right now in and around LA. And we're actually moving into the San Francisco area to do some work there as well. Yeah, no, I understand the San Francisco homeless population is yes. um, exceedingly skyrocketing. So yeah, no, yes. thank, thank you for your efforts there. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, no, Timeless Group sounds like an amazing organization. Um, just from an outside standpoint, I, you know, right. I've looked at recidivism numbers. I live actually very close to Santa Rita jail. Um, okay. so we do yeah. plenty of activism regarding, you know, the sheriff's department and politically right. <laughs> I'm engaged in that facet. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. but let's circle back to the yes. year 2020, you know, mm -hmm. um, I wish I had a time machine. I would have changed a couple things. Um, but let's, let's talk about the 2020 election, right. You know, in my opinion, I think voting is the central route that can help solve all of our problems. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like we looked at Prop 17 last year, the ability for formerly incarcerated individuals to vote, right? Yes. Voting has a tremendous impact on almost every issue there is. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that includes issues that my generation, Gen Z, don't know where they got Z from face, mm -hmm. right? So I want you to give me your thoughts on the 2020 election, municipal, state, federal, you know, it was, it was crazy here with the pandemic, you know, so what, what yeah. do you think about 2020? 
Yeah, it was very, um, every, I, I think one of the first things I would say is that everyone was pretty much engaged in some way or another. Um, on, regardless of which side of, of, of the spectrum they were on, uh, whether they classified themselves as red or blue, et cetera. Um, I just really feel like folks got engaged um, and partly because of the, what was happening in the background in, in the media around the George Floyd incident and the riots that were taking place. It was a lot of happening. So I feel that uh, folks did begin to understand the importance of voting. And that was proven in Georgia. We saw that um, here in California, in LA County, particularly, uh, we, we brought in uh, George Gascon as the district attorney who once was district attorney in San Francisco. Um, and he brought a lot of reforms, which they're really upset about right now, especially the red. Yeah, no, there's a recall in San Francisco for Chesa Boudin as well. Yes, so yeah. exactly. So we have this same uh, uh, energy, right, uh, in our country of, to me, is bigotry and racism at its height, you know, and it was really brought out through the Trump administration. Folks that were probably lying in wait. Uh, to really expose or share <laughs> who they truly are to the public space, uh, got a chance to do it under under that administration. So I, I you know, my thoughts around that is is critical, really uh, uh, important as it relates to our people being able to vote, and that's changing more and more. And when I say our people, I'm talking about systems impacted people, uh, folks that might have a felony are on parole or probation. Uh, that's not able to vote. I believe there's actually a, a, a law on the books in DC, Washington, that allows uh, an inmate to actually run for office. Um, and I didn't know how true it was, but I did a little research, not a whole lot, but I did find something as it relates to that. So I feel like if it can happen there, maybe it can happen in other places. Cause there's some very extraordinary folks that are still incarcerated, uh, that are now in free society uh, that is doing tremendous work, but don't get the support, don't get the recognition um, for what they do. So I think 2020 opened some doors as well. It, it, it exposed a lot of things. It brought a lot of things up to the surface that was hidden, that people needed to see and witness, uh, especially from the storming of the Capitol. Uh, you know, that need to, everybody needed to see that. You know, and once it was seen, it was almost unbelievable when people were hearing about it that were at work or, you know, doing a day to day and shopping at the grocery store and folks were saying, hey, you know, they stormed the Capitol. It was a lie. In most people's mind, they couldn't even conceive in this so-called modern uh, land that we live in of America that this would be happening. Right. So I think you know, a lot happened to really transform the thinking of a lot of folks. And I, I believe that there was a lot of good in that as well. Uh, actually more good than bad, I feel, uh, to be quite frank. Um, but I think if, if, if that didn't happen, maybe people would still be asleep and, and not paying attention to things that's happening around them. So that's, that's kind of my take on the 2020 experience. Yeah, no, I would definitely define it as an experience. Yes. <laughs> That's well said. Um, let's talk about voting, right? Yeah. Voting rights. My first question on this topic is, how important is voting? 
Mm. Well, it, it's extremely important. So, uh, and, you know, it takes me to a point where, you know, people that I even was raised around, you know, my circles of influence, if you would, often would say things like, oh man, you know, what am I going to vote for? It's not going to do anything. Nothing is going to change. You know, that's like a theme, a common theme in, in, in the circles that I, I once ran with back in the day. And I don't think a lot of folks believe that anymore. So I think, you know, just knowing that voting does count. And like I said, what happened in the South, uh, Georgia being one of the primary states that were, was at the center of yeah. this change and this shift uh, from red to blue, I think that kind of woke people up. It literally showed people that look, you know, look, look what's happening, right? And um, so I think now uh, it's easier to convince folks their rights of voting and, and, and to execute those rights of, of, of voting. Um, where before it was challenging, very challenging. But look at how many examples we have now, right? The direct folks that show them, look, look what's happened here, look what's happened there. And you say voting is not important? No, quite the contrary, right? So now we have examples, which before we didn't have a whole lot of examples, but now we do. And, um, you know, I could take you back. I don't know how old your age when, I'm 17. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> I don't even know if you were born yet, but you know, in Florida, when uh, Jeb Bush, Jeb, oh Bush, no, we've heard of this, yeah, yeah, um, was running for office, and you know, and his influence in Florida that shift the politics that eventually allowed uh, George W. Bush to be voted into office as the president of the United States. So. It was things like that was discouraging, very discouraging, you know, where folks didn't feel like they vote mattered, that they were gonna do that anyway. They, they were determined to make uh, George W. Bush the president of the United States. So, um, and then after it, you know, he got a shoot thrown at him in Iraq, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a pretty <laughs> so funny YouTube love. video. Yeah, yeah, right. So, I mean, you know, these are the things that I think now we have some very good examples, very good, uh, you know, content to share with folks, to, 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 to demonstrate the importance of voting. And I personally believe it's extremely important, um, but I will say when you could consider some of the framework of it, that it's only these two uh, breakdowns between the blue and the red, I feel is unfair and unjust still. Um, you know, you don't see enough uh, media attention for other potential uh, candidates like independents or libertarian, you know, you don't see those other uh, 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 discourses taking place that includes um, these other candidates that potentially have ideas that the country would embrace, but we don't hear from them because it's broken down, you know, that it's already been delineated, you know, between those two camps. So that's something to think about. I, I think that's, that's my biggest concern, I think, now. Uh, I recently received an email and they were trying to place me in one of these camps that I needed to choose between either being a Republican or a Democrat. And I chose not, even though likelihood, most of the time I'm voting Democrat. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to be placed in either one of those camps uh, personally. That's just a personal thing. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, regardless of really party preference, I think voting rights should be a central kind yeah. of, you know, point of emphasis. You know, we yeah. see in states like Georgia, Texas, you know, they're they're passing state legislation barring voting in, in some minority mm-hmm. districts, you know, mm-hmm. and and creating accessibility issues and, right. you know, almost in some ways illegal fines uh, for, for some very, you know, menial, like handing out a, you know, a bottle of water as a, as a poll worker. Right. Um, right. What, what are your thoughts on voting rights restrictions? It's an issue yeah. you've been dealing with since you could argue the founding of the country, the 60s. What do you think about what's happening right now? Well, actually, I don't think, actually, I believe if you, if you are in this country, um, you know, and you're paying any form of taxes or you're, uh, you know, and we can define taxes in many categories, right? In many ways uh, that you should have a right to vote. I think it should be a, a literally a God-given right, quite frankly, um, to vote. Um, just like you can go to jail or be arrested or be fined or ticketed uh, for a parking violation, it's the same right. To me, I feel like just like that can happen, you should also have that right to vote. So, you know, it, I mean, if, I, if you're not going to allow me to vote, why force me to uh, serve on, you know, any jury or you know, you probably won't get that, but I mean, you know, pay a ticket, parking ticket, or uh, pay taxes at the grocery store or anywhere else, right? Or gas. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, I mean, it's just to me, it should be a, a God-given right uh, or freedom um, in a so-called free uh, country. Uh, you know, if we're, I really feel like ultimately freedom. Is this here? We know that, but also we know that as a country that pitches itself as being this free world, uh, you know, that should be a God-given right, just as anything else, so. Interesting, yeah, you're the first first person to come and say it should just be, you know, naturally bestowed on everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I can understand that that perspective, Um, but let's, let's go back to you you know, mm. star of the show. <laughs> um, what's next in your chapter? You have a phenomenal organization. You're right. doing work, you know, politically and honestly doing a public service for the homeless um, crisis in California. Right. What's next for you? Hmm. Well, actually, I, I want to retire young. <laughs> but You're but like I'm 30. Gonna... You look 30. <laughs> Come on. Thank you. All the great kind of, you know, get gives off that you know but i just would say for me uh my in my next chapter is really just spreading the message you know uh spreading the message of hope you know i'm i'm looking to start back my speaking career uh going on tour if i can um uh and speaking at various functions whether political or otherwise faith-based or otherwise um just really sharing my story number one, and also just spreading peace, spreading hope that anyone can come from nothing and be something and be, uh, and hold their head up. You know, I think there's a lot of hatred in the world. There's a lot of, there's racism, there's hatred. There's so many things negative that we see when we turn on the, um, the, the, not the eight o'clock news, right? Um, but how about, you know, people seeing uh, my story or hear my story, not just because it's my story, but because 
I feel that it can be a power that can uplift others. So I'm actually starting that back up. And, you know, anyone that wants to book uh, me for a tour, I also have a book that I wrote, an autobiography called If I Knew Then. And I'm going to be doing book signings at any speaking event that I'm invited to. And, you know, and I think part of that, what it's going to do for my organization is it's going to give more exposure to Timeless Group. Um, and that's part of the goal so that more people can hear what I've done to uh, contribute to the solution to eliminate and eradicate homelessness as well as uh, reentry um, uh, solutions. And I feel like if they get it from someone that's lived it, been there and done that, it, it's a little bit more credible uh, because I did live in the street world and that culture, the gang culture, the drug uh, selling and gangster culture, that was a part of my world once upon a time. So someone like me, showing someone how that could be turned around as an entrepreneur, as a CEO and successful multi-million dollar uh, company. Um, if I can do it, anybody can do it. That's, that's really the bottom line. So, um, so I'm hoping that I can land some gigs to speak at various engagements and events so that people can hear the, hear the message and be inspired and just start traveling across, not just the country, but possibly even internationally. So, yeah, no, and I wish you the best of luck in that yes. endeavor. I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, yes. But I guess in closing, mm. what would you, what, what's your advice to my generation, Gen Z? Um, yes. and what's your advice? How do we make an impact uh, mm. or stay engaged or just the simple Perfect. act of voting? What would you say to us, you know, being and going through what you have? What right. would you tell us as the next class graduating? Mm. Absolutely. Well, the first thing that I think I would tell your generation is to study your history. Critical. Study your history. And, and when I say study your history, both your, whatever your cultural backgrounds are, first study that, as well as American, um, the American experience, you know, the history here in this country, in this culture. Um, it's very important because without that, there's no context, there's no real true knowledge. You, can, you don't really gain true knowledge without understanding what people have gone through that's been here. You know, and I think until we come to do that, uh, this generation, Generation uh, Z, Gen Z, um, wouldn't know where to go. I, I literally would not appreciate what it would take um, to overcome some of the obstacles like someone like me has overcome, right? Or just, uh, you know, whatever you, your endeavors are in the world, you wouldn't know how to really get there or truly appreciate getting there um, without that perspective. You have to get that perspective by studying your uh, ancestry, studying your culture, as well as your American uh, culture while you're here. That's critical um, because I really think that this generation don't know this uh, history. So they laugh at it. They, they make mockery and fun of you look at these old folks, look at these old guys and these uncles and these aunties that try to tell me this and that. But if they really took the time to study the, the culture, study the history, study the American experience, it definitely uh, turn something in the brain they really give a, a direction and perspective, uh, quite frankly, I think. Um, so that, that would be my advice. 
Yeah, no, I do think knowledge is a prereq. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I've spent several mm-hmm. years studying American history. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and just to wrap up. And look who you are today, see? I don't see? know. I don't know. Look what you're doing right now. It's, it's evidence that you've done that. It's evidence. Appreciate it. I appreciate yes. it. <laughs> uh, still got more in the tank, though. You know. Yes, absolutely. Um, how can viewers stay updated on your platform if you want to drop your socials? I'll put everything in the description. Yeah, um, definitely. The easiest way would be on my uh, Instagram, um, which is you know at Yusuf Andre Wiley. Um, you know, you follow me there. You can get to everything else. Um, I have a personal website. Uh, that you can uh, grab hold to through the, my IG account. You know, I'm on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, you know, all of those other ones <laughs> there. But I, I'm primarily spending more time on IG. So that's the easiest and quickest way probably to grab hold of me there, uh, as well as even booking me for any kind of motivational speaking engagement, um, et cetera. Yeah, no, and I'll definitely link that in the description. Is there anything you'd like to add before we, before we close out? Um, well, no, not really. I just would say that I, I pre- first of all, I appreciate you. I appreciate the fact that you, you represent our young people today and you're doing tremendous uh, work. Just the fact that you're having this, this platform um, to speak to individuals like myself um and just you know you're only 17 man and you already to me you're 10 years uh, ahead of folks you know you're literally 10 years ahead of folks you're Appreciate um it. and that means a lot and it means it, it actually inspires me it inspires me actually because you know we do see so many of our youth uh, falling into other uh habits and things that you know you know they you know nothing wrong with gaming but they spend a lot of time on computers, uh, really not doing a whole lot. But, you know, I don't see kids in the streets anymore riding bicycles and socializing. You know, that's scary to me, to me personally. Nothing wrong with getting gaming and doing this other stuff but and TikToking. But, you know, just that socialization that needs to still happen to develop and culture a person is not there because everything is being done behind a screen. Um, so I just, the fact that you're engaged in this conversation in this type of space is definitely going to open you up to, uh, more possibility and opportunity for your future. So I definitely appreciate you and you do inspire me as well. So, <laughs> well, thank you for that. I appreciate the comments. Um, yes. and thank you for coming on the show, um, and adding Absolutely. a very, very unique and specialized perspective. I think, um, that is much needed, uh, and people will find it invaluable. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're always welcome back, you know, uh, yes. any anytime you want to discuss um, anything about voting, you're always welcome <laughs> back on the show. Right. But we do thank you for your time, Yusuf. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being invited. Of course. And, and take care of yourself during COVID. Yeah, thank you. Peace.